Today's episode is brought to you by Surfing A, a Canadian freshwater surfing magazine created by the Central Canadian Surfing Association. The CCSA strives to develop, promote, support, and bring together the Canadian freshwater surfing communities and its athletes. Issue three of Surfing A is available for purchase at the Central Canadian Surfing Association's Facebook page and at Surf Ontario. We acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the unceded, ancestral, and occupied traditional territory of the Anishinaabe Nation, the people of the three fires known as Ojibwe, Odawa, and Potawatomi Nations. And furthermore, we thank the Chippewa of Saugeen and the Chippewa of Nawash, now known as the Saugeen Ojibwe Nation, who are the traditional keepers of this land. As we live, work, surf, and play, we say mahalo to the Métis, Inuit, and Indigenous peoples of Turtle Island and from around the world who have stewarded these lands and sacred surf spots for thousands of years. We recognize their amazing resilience in the face of ongoing oppression and injustice. We believe that for true healing to occur, we must reflect and make serious changes while working together as we move forward in truth and reconciliation. We can be better. We can do better. Aloha, freshies. Welcome to Permastoked. I'm your host, Derek Hyatt. In this podcast, we talk to surfers and stand-up paddleboarders from across the Great Lakes, Canada, the U.S., and beyond. We take a peek into their lives and find out what it means to be stoked. Is it a natural state of euphoria, elation, a relentless commitment? I also talk to other Permastoked individuals, such as artists, entrepreneurs, filmmakers, musicians, philanthropists, yogis, and much more. Join us each week in learning from these experts and enthusiasts while being inspired by their undying passion, insights, and rad tales. Permastoke is presented by Freshwater Surf Goods, your surf brand devoted to spreading the stoke across the unsalted seas and cultivating pride amongst the surf community. We do this by providing products and apparel that celebrate the awesomeness of both Great Lakes and Canadian surf culture. Stand out in the tribe by rocking our gear. But hey, don't just stand around on the beach looking cool. Check out our Stoke Academy and try surfing and stand-up paddleboarding. Get away into beautiful Owen Sound, Sauble Beach, or Grey Bruce, where we offer Paddle Canada certified basic and advanced subcourses, tours, sub-surfing, and even beginner surfing lessons. Visit www.freshwatersurfkids.com to sign up for your freshwater fantasy today. Want to get your zen on? Check out SUP Yoga and our Great Vibes Yoga, Meditation, and Healing classes. Aloha is a life force energy of loving and living in harmony. Through movement, meditation, and breath, our classes allow you to connect with your true self so you can spread great vibrations and the spirit of aloha throughout the global consciousness. Enjoy community and a chill atmosphere filled with great vibes and sacred ancient teachings delivered with humor and integrity. episode i interviewed john wayne no not the cowboy but instead the nerf gun wielding funny man and instagram star jonathan wayne freeman this guy's got more in common with the duke of surfing the big kahuna himself duke kahanamoku 
That's right. This middle-aged influencer has been making mediocrity excellent since 1979 and throwing shakas since 1985 when he started surfing. Some call him the savior of the sport, the second coming of Bodhi from 1991's Point Break. Spawning from his comedic Instagram shorts, Surfer made this kook of the day the host of the Ultra Course Surf Hour, which John says is about nothing and everything and surfing. Men's Journal added him to the list of 12 Instagram accounts every surfer should follow in 2020, while the Neighborhood Watch added him to the list of 12 people whom you should not allow to babysit your children. <laughs> so, hey, keep listening, and you're going to learn about John's departure from being a paramedic and how he switched over to becoming a full-time kook. How to become what you were meant to be, we talk about his comedic influences, including Adam Sandler. And then we go down the rabbit hole on some pretty rad Billy Madison impersonations. We reminisce a bit about Pee Wee's Playhouse. Of course, we talk about surfing. And last but not least, we explore the unknown elements of Canadian culture while John becomes devastated to learn that not all Canadians are clones of Bob and Doug McKenzie. This episode was recorded on February 8th, 2021 and features adult content. Listener and viewer discretion is advised. Actually, I can't even recall if there's any F-bombs in this one. I don't think there is, but maybe just use your discretion anyway if there's kiddos in the room, but this is a pretty awesome episode. Stay tuned. Enjoy this. It is a funny one. Jonathan Wayne Freeman, welcome to Permastoke, dude. How's it going, man? Going great. Thank you so much for having me. Stoked to be here. Right on, man. Awesome to have you here on Canada's Surfing Podcast. Did you even yes. know we had surfing in Canada? I, I do, and I think it's a fascinating scene up there. Everyone seems super stoked. I know there's some rad towns, and I don't think I've heard a bad word about it, so that's positive, right? That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Have you been to Canada before? I have not. I would love to, but haven't had a chance yet. Oh, man. You got to get your kooky ass uh, on the I'm other ready. side of the border one of these days. I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah. Get, get some good wetsuits, catch some waves. That'd be fun. So the name Jonathan Wayne Freeman, pretty long, dude. What's your preference? Do you go by oh, Jonathan? Well, or is such it? a mistake to use the full name. <laughs> That's how dumb I am. I, I get on Instagram. I use my actual name and somebody, dude, people make fun of me endlessly. They're like, dude, only a sociopath, like serial killers. And like, it just, no one does that. No one uses her. And I go, all right, well, that's, it is what it is now. You can call me John. John's fine. So John. is Wayne your middle name or is that an extension of the first name? That's uh, my middle name. Yeah. Okay. My dad was a huge fan. And that's so funny. Right before we came on, I was looking at this and I was wearing like a John Wayne Cancer Foundation hat. And somebody I saw that. Yeah. Lit up in the comments about he said some some pretty inappropriate things in 1971 in a Playboy okay. And I'm like, can we just not do this? It's just someone gave me the hat. I don't know. So having a name like John Wayne, does that inspire one to emulate that character or at least do your yeah. research? To, to, to my great failure, I've tried to, all these manly jobs in my life 
And it wasn't until I finally started doing the things I'm actually good at. But yeah. Surprise, surprise. I'm happier and I've had more success. Yeah, I tried tried to be a firefighter. I, I was a cop for a minute. My dad was a cop and all, all my uncles did these manly jobs. But I'm I'm just I was always trying to fit into that world, but I'm I'm out of control, dude. Like I don't have that kind of self-control and discipline. Yeah. But I finally came to my senses. So now here we are talking. But dude, there's one thing you haven't tried yet. Being the Duke and everything. You didn't say cowboy, man. That's true. I I uh coming from Southern California beach culture, I don't think there's any way I could become a poser, a cowboy poser. <laughs> there's a lot of rich people that get horses and you see them and you're like, you watching too many Westerns? There we got a lot of that. We got a lot of people playing pretend cowboy, but I'm not there oh, quite okay. yet. We'll see. So you said you were trying to like live up to that epitome of a, of a man for your dad. Do you feel content in uh, how it turned out or? I had the full midlife crisis and I, I think I'm, I'm content now. I'm good. Oh, okay. I finally was like, I'm just going to be myself and that's fine. And I'm much happier doing things I enjoy doing and that I'm good at as opposed yeah. to being barely average in something else. So yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. But being a, an EMT, right? You're a paramedic. That cannot be easy work either. No, it's not. And um, it's easy to get burnt out on it too. Yeah. It's a tough job. And yeah, yeah. What can I say? I'm not doing it anymore though. Oh, you're not? Oh. In fact, guess where I just came from? My where exit you... interview. Beep, beep. Wow. Holy just got geez, home man. and walked in this room to talk to you. Just signed wow. all the paperwork. And it's a pretty special day. So I'm stoked. Wow. So, you know, sometimes leaving a job isn't very special. So I take it like the next step. Do you have something really cool to go to? I'm just doing, I'm working for a bunch of different companies. And the okay. Instagram thing has led to all this different work. And I'm always so tired from my job as a paramedic and it's been super, it's been gnarly with um, the pandemic going on. You're just like, you're around that stuff every day. And I've already been doing this. I've been a paramedic since 2010. So I was just like, okay. this started to take off and it's so much fun and it doesn't even seem like work. And I'm like, I got to give a run at my dreams, man. And I want to be rested. I want to have energy. Oh yeah. And it thankfully makes sense on paper. So stoked. Dude, you are speaking my language right now. Um, so I work in mental health and same thing, dude, just, yeah, obviously nutty work, really tiring on you. You got to take really good care of yourself. So, so watching you on Instagram, it's like, wow, this is pretty inspirational because this is a dude doing pretty tough work, but you're finding the joy in life by doing those other things. But I can't help but when I'm doing this podcast and working on my brand and it's really hard sometimes to concentrate on that, that real work, like, cause this is where it's at and it's like, shit, I'm not making any money, but man, am I ever having fun? I'm getting to talk to cool guys like you. And it seems like every day I'm making these bigger and cooler connections and really immersing myself in it. And as you know, there's really not a, a, a whole lot of income, at least in the beginning. So to hear you um, graduating, it really gives uh, me hope. That, like, yeah, that's awesome, I'm, man. I mean, you can do it. That's why we're here right now. You set it. You set a date. 
you have your camera set up. Well, we're using Zoom, but whatever. Yeah. We we showed up and we 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 made it happen, and that's it. I was always afraid to take that step. I would I talked for years about doing what I'm doing now, at least okay. ten years, you know. And I knew what I wanted to to do from a young age, but it was like I was waiting for someone to give me permission, and then I realized nobody's going to do that, and there was no money in the beginning, um, and then you get a little bit, and then a little bit more, and it just like kind of starts to grow. And it's just the craziest thing that in this day and age, we could do this. Yeah. Just screwing around with the phone. And I, when I realized that that moment when I was like, this is literally all I need. I'm like, <laughs> I can get, I can get into how many people's heads a day with this thing. Yeah. You know, just for fun to make people laugh. And so, yeah, I'm stoked for you, man, because it feels amazing. Today was hilarious. The, the lady in human resources is like, you put here your reason for leaving was to find fame and glory. <laughs> I go, yeah. And she goes, wait, what do you mean? And then I'm like, I explained to her what I was doing. And by the end, she's like, that's awesome. And I'm like, I know. I'm stoked. Love it. So, you know, being Canadian and being exposed to, you know, popular media and everything, we have this impression that the surf culture is just huge and booming and, and this big community, but it sounds like even in your position at your workplace, it sounds like people didn't necessarily know like, oh, he's the internet whack job doing the surf videos. No, they didn't until probably the past maybe eight or nine months. Okay. Like word, word got around. <laughs> and then towards the end, I'm like, I don't even care anymore. Like I'm amazed I didn't get fired in these last four months. I just started posting videos at work. Well, some of the videos, real. yeah, where you're like in the back of the ambulance dancing and doing yeah. crazy stuff. I didn't go to, we had harassment training and I'm like, <laughs> I just didn't go. <laughs> and they were going to fire me. They had a big talk. Like it was on the table, but I had been physically in the same building the day I was supposed to be there. I just wasn't in the class. So there was some confusion among them. So they didn't fire me. So that worked in my favor. Uh, once you started to get that initial um, feeling of recognition and people were enjoying what you were doing, um, did the money even matter or did you just feel like this is happening no matter what? Not at all. The, only, the only thing that matters, as cheesy as it sounds, is staying true to yourself, being yourself and creating good relationships with people. Mm. Because if you hang out with people, and they want to help you, first off, that's amazing. So you're like, I can't believe you want to help me. And then you end up learning all this other stuff because there's a lot of successful people, believe it or not, that are like, they're at that point or that age where they want to help other people. Mm. And so I've just been learning a ton of stuff, hanging out with people like that and it's been rad. Yeah. Been rad. Wow. And you're like early 40s, right? I'm 38 right now. So we're in that same kind of... Like we got a long more time of doing this. Like we want to be happy doing it. Right. I couldn't get out of my own head though. Like thinking I was too old. That was a major, major mental block. that took years. And meanwhile, yeah. there are years when you were younger and could have just started. It's such a stupid thing to think, especially with comedy. I think we just get funnier the older we get. Yeah, like, we I look agree. funnier. Our ears get bigger. Our noses get bigger. Like you have more experience to pull from. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, it doesn't matter. And the second I realized that, I'm 
I was good with it. I'm like, who cares what your age is? Doesn't matter. Yeah, absolutely. But we're not taught that. Like in traditional society, I was like, get a nine to five, get a government job, get a pension, die. And like, yeah. it sounds terrible, but Boring. that's what I thought I had to do because you need security, you know? Yeah. But I liked what you said, though, about giving yourself permission. I have felt the same way. I've compared it to, I've called it my Hollywood break. Like, I wasn't necessarily, you know, expecting to be a movie star, but I was waiting for that moment of being discovered. Like, someone's going to say, hey, you're good at this. Come over here and do that. And no matter what I do, it's not happening. So, like you, this podcast for me has proven like, hey, you just got to do something and watch the fruits of your labor. Sort of, they will come with time. They will. And what's awesome about it is if you really are yourself and people can see who you really are, you attract the companies that you would want to work with and the company you would want to keep anyway. So it's rad. It's all kind of built in, which is cool. Like if you write your own stuff, you're it's from you. So they know it's all from the same source, even if you're joking or this and that, like they figure out pretty quick what kind of person you are. Then you have lunch or whatever. And and you're like, oh, this person, they really do think I'm funny. And we just have similar tastes and stuff. So like you'll find your your audience, that's your audience. And then they say you only need a thousand true fans and you can actually make a living. People are going to buy. Oh, yeah. A thousand true fans. That means like anything you do, they'll watch. Anything you go to, they'll be there. Um, any piece of merch you, you make and try to sell, they'll buy it. Like they, they're with you. That's, you know, I think a thousand true fans is around probably equals almost like six figures. If you work it the right way, that's like a Tim Ferriss thing. And what's, what's the responsibility of having fans? I still don't know. I just figured out early on that I was not going to come out hard on the, the things that really, And I really do try to do this, even though I sometimes play around with a little bit, but I didn't want to touch subjects that were like people held really dear. (laughs) You know, the thing that gets that everyone talks about, basically, I think we know there's usually two things. And I just want people to laugh and not to think about that, because it seems like especially in the past four years, it's like the news cycle and everything. It's all just about the same gnarly stuff. And I didn't want any of that. So my responsibility <laughs> is to try not to make a mistake and lose half my audience by saying something stupid because I don't want to yeah. do that. I want yeah. people to have uh, a place where like everyone's welcome. And, you know, that's, which can be tricky with comedy. Sometimes you're like r- walking a tightrope. I was going to say you do ride the line sometimes. Do Yeah. In some of your videos and, I was just watching one there today where you were, you know, uh, impersonating someone on welfare from the deep South or something. (laughs) And I'm thinking, okay, that might, you know, ruffle some feathers. Yeah. That there were some, I, I'm surprised actually. I, I don't know. I just thought the idea of how we spend our stimulus checks is funny. Mm. Maybe adding that, that accent wasn't cool. I, I don't know. It just seemed funny to me and in hindsight maybe i just should use a normal voice i don't know but that's when it comes to making stuff like this you think of an idea and like a lot of stuff i pull down you miss you don't it's not all like swish a lot of them i'm so glad a lot of stuff not that many people saw but the bigger you get the scary part is 
if I put something out without thinking, a thousand people see it like that. Yeah. Like, hey. So I don't know. So what's the um, what's the lull time in between idea and enter on the keyboard? Is this it's not long enough. <laughs> I'll tell you that. And the one the one like note that people have given me consistently that I failed to follow is just take a little bit time, a little bit of time, write your thoughts out, move a little slower. You don't need to be so impulsive. And I'm always like, well, being impulsive is funny. And I come back with that, but it could also be what ruins me at some point. I have no idea. Yeah. But then again, true. I see a lot of crazy stuff comedians say and do and i'm nowhere i'm no not into any i'm just silly but for the record let me just state if you're listening to this interview this is uh jonathan wayne freeman pre-scandal podcast (laughs) (laughs) pre-scandal in life you know but i take full responsibility for what happened because you know we gotta take responsibility for our choices. <laughs> yeah. Make some bad decisions. Wow. And so, we don't yeah. know what that is yet. We don't know what it is yet, but it wasn't good. I yeah, assure you. It was terrible. You know? Dude, when you were a kid, did you ever watch Pee Wee's Playhouse? Absolutely. Okay, right Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah. yeah so, I watch that all the time, dude. Yeah. You know? Connect the dots. La la la. La 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 la. Connect yeah. the dots. So I was talking to someone last week and I think he was a little younger than me. So it turned out he didn't know what I was talking about, but basically I want to set it up that I'm finding that COVID and Donald Trump seem to come up way too often in anything these days. So if you remember the segment from PB's playhouse, do you remember the word of the day? With Conky the robot, yeah, absolutely. So, so let's go, tell do, 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 do. <laughs> spit out the word of the day. Yeah, so let's tell the audience, John. If either one of us says the words COVID or Donald Trump at any time during this interview, what are we to do? Yeah, we should just we should just end it right there. I think. <laughs> no, you can't. Wait, I, I think we're. Uh, I think we steer away from either of those things. Enough. There's been enough talk. We have. I have nothing to add. I'm not an expert on anything. No, no nothing. But if those things come up, though, in the spirit of Pee Wee's Playhouse, scream real loud. <laughs> scream real loud. All right, we'll do it. Yeah. So let's let's just try it out. So yeah. so hey, Jonathan, you're uh, from the U.S. Heard you guys just recently got a new president. Who was the past president? I believe his name was. Donald J. Trump. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> my, my earphones went. Yeah. So that should hopefully dissuade us from talking about those things. It's a great idea. It's a yeah. good idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Idea. Um, you know, because we could go down that hole. But hey, I do want to ask you one thing, though, politically, as a Canadian. And oftentimes, you know, we just hear about the U.S. and you guys up in Canada, we have this thing called universal health care. So basically the show Breaking Bad would have never happened here because Walter White would have just went to the hospital for cancer treatment. I tell you what, when you've just left your job, this is very close to my heart. Right now. <laughs> Keep speaking. So but thank you for rubbing universal health care in my face on the day I left my job. Yeah. But now one of the things when, I, when I'm listening to Americans on television and 
you know, usually, you know, I can understand the arguments and, you know, the whole gun thing. It's like, okay, I hear this side, I hear that side. I can, I can understand most things. But the thing that comes up again and again is hearing, like watching people turn red over Obamacare and the idea of universal health care and things like that. And I just want to know, why is that? What is up with the American psyche that that pisses so many people off that you would help someone who's ill? I don't understand. See, I, I like the way you phrase the question. It's a good question. I don't understand it at all. And I haven't traveled much outside the country, but my wife's been a ton of places and she tells me about being in Australia. She tells me about um, these different places where she had to go to the hospital and it cost nothing. Yeah. It was just like, and they had great care. And I'm like, huh? Yeah. I mean, like most things, I think it's follow the money. <laughs> There's probably yeah. huge, probably look, I'm like acting like I don't really, know. I don't know. There's probably a bunch of people up here that are making lots and lots of money and it benefits them to keep that, that racket going. Okay. Meanwhile, people don't really care about people, not all people, but some people care about people, but there are very powerful people that I just didn't care about getting. Well, as a paramedic, I mean, as a paramedic, if, if there was a medical emergency and you pull up, are you saying, Hey, show me your insurance first or, no, no, nobody gets denied. Okay. In fact, if, if you have nothing, we, we, the same response, we will treat you the same as we treat a billionaire, right? At an accident scene or someone on the street that we're, it doesn't. Hello? Ah, oh, shut me down. Hey, yeah, I lost you there for a sec. You I see, I said you. something political, bro. And it's like, shut her down. <laughs> oh, she shit. said too much. Wow, I guess we can't talk about that topic. Wow. Try to tell you, bro. <laughs> wow, they are really watching you, man. <laughs> just play it. Hey, he's from Canada. He doesn't, we're just chatting. We're having a friendly chat. Yeah. This is... Our neighbors to the north. <laughs> So, so if somebody's hurt, they're going to get the same kind of treatment, but so what, do they just get a bill in the mail later? Is that the get a bill in the mail? But if you don't have insurance, you can have Medi-Cal, which is the state here in California. They'll pay for everything. I okay. mean, you know, welfare is alive and well, and so is false, false claims people make, especially oh, with okay. all the COVID stuff. I mean, it's, it's gnarly. You know, and what's frustrating as a first responder is you get folks who are very like rude mm -hmm. and you're like, well, I'm here. Like, I don't know. I have to be here because we're not going to turn anyone away, but you're not paid for anything and you're being rude to me. Like, it would be cool if you would just be say thank you. And be, yeah. But that's not how human beings work. So. Well, and, you know, being in mental health, too, I've often said the term beggars can't be choosers is completely false because I've literally seen so many beggars be choosers, like over the years in soup kitchens and different things where it's like, you know, I don't yeah, want that. I, like people getting pissed off when we're serving oatmeal or something at a soup kitchen for breakfast. Like, And it's not it's not a it's not a socioeconomic thing either. There's people that are wealthy that are horrific to be around that treat you like you are just 
basically you're going to do whatever they they tell you to do. Wow, wow. That's how they expect it. And you have to just shut those folks down. And usually they can't walk, so that helps. Mm-hmm. You're like, you should walk three feet backwards, and what are you going to do? Yeah. Can't come. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you treat them with respect <laughs> and dignity. Like everybody, yeah. Like everyone. So yeah. I always found the health thing interesting because it seems like in the U.S., if someone goes, at least in the movies anyway, if someone goes missing, um, like they will send out the entire police force and like army looking for people. It seems like in movies, like it seems like there's a lot of, it seems like there's a lot of effort that goes into other kind of things. And I'm thinking, well, why does healthcare sort of get neglected? Um, We could do this all day long. Who knows? It's the most basic thing. I mean, health, health. I mean, if you are a protective, this is what I think. Actually, this doesn't make sense because this is compassion. What I'm, I'm not going to say. <laughs> no problem. No, we touched on it. That, that was good. I'm, I'm happy trying to hear. to bait me. You a journalist, man? You trying to bait me, brother? What's going yeah, on here? A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Hey, you know, your last day on the job, I have to get the goods before you. It's totally gone for me, man. Oh, or this could be the end right now. Yeah. I don't know. I signed well, already. I signed off on it. We'll see. You did, we'll see. You did have your exit interview today, but I did actually have some questions around the paramedic stuff. And I, Please, I do yeah. want to know. Yeah. So I was wondering in your experience, like, were you also dealing with a lot of surf injuries and how did that sort of affect your own surfing? I have dealt with a lot of surf injuries as a lifeguard. I was an ocean lifeguard oh, okay. in San Clemente and it's a huge surf town. So yeah, a lot of a lot of boards hitting people in the head, a lot of thin cuts, um, a lot of stitches, a lot of stuff like that. And then occasionally someone hits their head and you suspect that they have a cervical injury. So you stabilize yeah. their head. And you have to put a C collar on and do all this stuff. That's but right. yeah, and then just, <clears throat> I've seen tons of crazy stuff just in the water mm-hmm. surfing on my own. Yeah. Seen rescues, you know, a lot of stingray stuff. Seen people get really hurt. Any shark stuff or? Yeah, we always have shark stuff here. Um, Mm. People seeing them quite a bit, seeing them breaching, things like that. And then every now and then, unfortunately, there's an attack even here in Southern California. And there's always ones in Northern. It's frightening. I often tell people, they're like, like, what? Why do you surf? And I, I tell them I love it. And they're like, are you worried about sharks? I'm like, yeah. And they go, they go, yeah, you should be. And I'm like, well, I love it that much. I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, but it absolutely. is weird. Like if you told people, if you go for a walk out here, that there were things like tremors, like there was a giant grizzly bear that could come up from underneath the ground out of the dirt <laughs> yeah. and pull you down and eat you alive. People probably wouldn't go on walks. So maybe I'm, a, maybe I'm a fool. Well, maybe no like wave pools, bro. That um, similarity though, it makes me think like, because the whole shark thing, I mean, we get asked that all the time. Like, oh, aren't you afraid of sharks? Like when you go traveling down to the States or something. In the Great Lakes, not not a concern. On the yeah. west coast of Canada, I mean, there might be sharks. It is the ocean, but it's never anything I've ever seen. It's, you know, it's all uh, orca whales, killer whales and things, but they just like seals. The um, orcas are amazing. Some of those yeah. drone videos are crazy. Yeah, yeah. They're going under people. But similarly, though, 
I mean, going for a walk in the bush, like the idea that there are bears and cougars there doesn't stop us from going on hikes. So I kind of just figured it, it must be one of those things for you guys when it's part of your everyday life. It just sort of, it's there, but you, you're not losing out yeah. on life over it, I guess, right? No, but it does psych me out sometimes. Yeah. I'll be sitting out there. It's always when you're by yourself. If you're okay. in a group, I think that's one of the reasons, like if you're solo surfing away by yourself, having a great time, inevitably one other person just comes sit next to you. You're like, but they probably just don't want to surf alone because you could hit your board and get knocked out. No one's around to help you. You're just going to drown. And some people, you know, they're using the buddy system. So, yes, nice. nice. So, hey, man, going back to the whole, you know, Instagram thing and everything. Um, so when did that actually begin? I mean, I recently watched the entire UltraCore surf hours all the way through. It's about six or seven of those. But your Instagram feed, man, I mean, it's it's never ending. I couldn't get to the bottom of it to even check out, like, what were some of the initial videos. So I, I'm wondering, like, what was the year? What was the content? What was the expectation? So I told you I tried to be a fireman. I got fired twice. <laughs> and the second time I got fired, I like spiraled into just a dark, like, bleh. and I told my wife, I'm going to just stay at home and take care of the kids. Like that was okay. my move. So I didn't have to work. I'm like, I'll be full-time daddy. You go to work. Which, <laughs> it's sort of backfired. Uh, eventually she was like, dude, you need to get a job. Like yeah. you're, you're piling out at home, even though yes, technically you are a father, you are also a day drinker. So I was like, all right, <laughs> all right, I get it. So, um, yeah, I, I started joking around when I got this job as a janitor, <laughs> I was mm. a night janitor at an elementary school and it was the lowest point I've ever been in my life. And the only reason I chose that job was because I was too lazy to fill out a new job application. And it was, I had a, my application in the system on governmentjobs.com. So I just saw there was an elementary school over here and I'm like, I'll just work nights. I wanted to be alone. Yeah. <laughs> and it was during that time when I was like, screw it. I'm going to go for my dreams. Like every night I would listen to podcasts Okay. and I'm just like, how are these people different than me? And I'm like, they're not, they just went for it. Yeah. And, uh, I would start posting videos when I was 37 or almost 38 of me at night being a janitor. And like a lot of my friends were like, dude, you're something's, <laughs> you want to talk about mental health? They were like calling my wife and it, I think he's joking. I think he's trying to be funny. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah. And then um, eventually uh, in 2018, I just started a new Instagram account with my name on it. All that, the, the all that, long name. Yeah, the long name. And then Surfer Magazine. Well, first Kook of the Day, which is an Instagram page that has almost a million followers. They posted one of my videos and people thought it was a real guy. Like, you know, talking about... Oh, it was about one of your impersonations. Yeah. Yeah, it was just a guy who, who was like, got some free surf stuff because he surfed good like in the 90s. Okay. And he's showing the things he got and he's real proud of it. So they put that up and then, um, yeah, I just started doing some, <laughs> like some work for them. I'd go to surf contests pre COVID and walk around with the live in Huntington at the U S open. Wait a minute. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying U S open? 
Oh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm such a... Oh, yeah. I need to get that sound effect. Yeah, good job. But that was good because it looked like it really permeated in your ears. <laughs> it did. Yeah. But I hope I, uh, uh, Paul Rubin sees this. <laughs> they started... They started, these people that surf noticed I would say things about surfing that only surfers get. And so that's how all the surf stuff happened. I didn't intend for it to happen. I'm just always surfing anyways. So it's always in my brain. I would get out of the water and I would hear something in the water or see a type of person. And then I would just pretend to be that person on my phone. Mm. So that's how that happened. So that's how it started. Okay. But Kook of the Day was only a year and a half ago. And then... I started working. They saw me on Kook of the Day at different, some different companies, and I started working for different stuff. And then so selling so, things, yeah. making people try to trick people to buy stuff. Yeah, no. and, I like all the companies I work for because they're fun and awesome. So I'm stoked. By the way, I went on your Shopify page today, like looking at your hats and stuff. Yeah. But if you click, I want to let you know, man. If you click on the the link up in the corner. It takes you to like a blank Shopify page. Like, is it really? There's no oh. content. Okay, well, that, like, I thought you were gonna say it took you to something horrible, and I was like, no. I need to check my phone. <laughs> I, no, like, it wasn't me who was looking at that. I didn't. Okay, good. It's just a blank Shopify page. Good to know. Yeah, yeah. So just so you know, you might wanna. Well, maybe I did that on purpose because yeah, um, I've sold so much stuff that I don't need to sell anything else. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah, right on. You're, you're too good. You don't have time for this editing. What shit. time, bro? Too busy. So, how did the Surfer Mag thing come out then? Peter Terrace uh, was what was his title? I uh, forget what it is, but a lot of it had to do with their their internet stuff. And Pete was a photographer, or is a photographer, has been for years in the surf industry, and we have kids a similar age mm. and he had thought about doing something similar, like about surf dads a few years earlier. Oh, okay. I got that a lot. I got a lot of people that reached out that were like, dude, I wanted to do something like what you're doing, but I just never did. So yeah, he brought me on board and <laughs> I went in and like, they pitched this whole idea called the ultra core surf hour that Pete's idea. He came up with it and they just basically were like, you could tell if you watch it, we're making it up as we go along. Okay. We'd have like a loose outline and I'm just talking to people and being dumb the whole thing. So it was so much fun, dude. It was rad. I got to meet a ton of pro surfers and geek out. And yeah. I hopefully I didn't make them too uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It's pretty great. Yeah. And I was going to ask you that, like how, what was that change like when all of a sudden you're in these circles of the people that you've ultimately been a fan of yourself and following? It was cool. It was fun. It still is fun. I mean, I, there's some really neat people. It's like cool to find out how a lot of these guys really are. Cause you grew up just seeing pictures of them or reading about them and you know a lot about their surfing, but to find out like some really good humans, you know? Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, that's, you attract like-minded people, which is cool. So you tend to meet the kind of people that dig the same stuff you do. It's been fun. I liked what you were saying in the last episode, you talked about, you know, saving surf culture, like bringing (laughs) positivity to it. And I noticed that too, like even on the Great Lakes sometimes, it's sort of like you show up and people are just sort of too cool. And it's like, guys, there's like five of us. Why can't we just talk? (laughs) That's how this, that's how a lot of the Instagram stuff started because 
I would try to talk to surfers in the water and this can be a man thing in general where just yeah. guys are have their tough guy like guard up. You smile or wave at them and they, they just ignore you. So I would have that. I would I would literally be walking down to trestles and I would count how many waves back I would get. And people's like, why are you so miserable? It's sunny out, you just surfed, you're rich. Yeah. What's up? Why are you so sad? So that's that's kind of what I was talking about taking ourselves less serious and some people think kook of the day is mean spirited. Mm. I disagree. I think it's which it even says there. If you look in the bio is use this as a learning tool. Mm. <laughs> like we're all kooks, you know, we have to yeah, be able to sure. laugh at ourselves and anytime something has been mean, it gets, it doesn't stay up there. Oh. Like anything, sometimes you post stuff you shouldn't. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes. Yeah. Shoot, Derek, we do. <laughs> so when you started meeting these guys, like the pro surfers and whatnot, did they all, you know, what was your expectation? Were you expecting some dicks in that crowd too? Or did they turn out to be like angels? That's a good question. Again, I'm sure there's a bunch of guys that don't like me. I know there is. Yeah. There has to be. And that's how life is. Um, you know, there's lots of people that don't think I'm funny, which is totally fine. I love certain comedians and then other people I'm like, I don't, I don't get it at all. And it's like music. I've always thought, you know, and some people literally are born without a sense of humor, which I mm. find really? fascinating. Yeah, literally. Or, or the ego is so big that they're just like, have to be the center of attention. So if there's mm. somebody else like around that like gets a laugh they can't handle it oh, okay. that was a, that's i don't know that many people yeah. like that but yeah i hope i never meet somebody like that everybody that i have met has a story and i have um i just think surfing so difficult so maybe i give i just have a lot of i, I don't know why it is I want you to be a great human. I don't want you to be a jerk human when I meet you. But yeah. if you're an insane surfer, I'll, I, I'll probably, I just want to hang out with you just to hear stories. Yeah, yeah. You know? But oh. the, yeah, most everybody I've met has been very, very cool. Way nicer to me than they should be. So it's all nice, good. Nice, amazing. Yeah. So, hey, man, comedy. Who are your sort of comedy uh, icons or influences? One of my favorites is uh, is a fellow Canadian named okay. Norm MacDonald. Norm nice. MacDonald, I think, is amazing. Um, I like silly stuff. I like Adam Sandler a lot. I think he's great. I love Danny McBride, Eastbound and Down, oh. Roughhouse Productions. That stuff, like, I'm watching Eastbound and Down again really? on HBO for, like, I don't know how many times I've ran through all four seasons. And it's so politically incorrect and so ridiculous. And it makes me laugh really Amazing. hard. Amazing. Yeah. Dude, so Billy Madison, favorite movie next to Point Break, the 91 version, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. So this podcast is the home of Billy Madison quotes. So anytime, let her rip. Any Sandler quote. So rip. funny. I almost watched Billy Madison two nights ago. I'm going to watch it. Favorite moments? Favorite moments of Billy Madison? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, nudie magazine day yeah. i like when he gets excited about that and he's he's going through all three of them then he stops on drunk girls that are drunk chicks. <laughs> <laughs> um i love one of my favorite things ever like never there's two times i've laughed really really hard in the theater and one of them was billy madison when he's with the the 
uh, in Billy Madison when Chris Farley's with the penguin and he's going, yeah, <laughs> as the penguin's rubbing against him. And yeah, I just love it. All right, I'm glad I called that guy. Glad yeah. I gave that guy a call. Um, Man, I wish you were around more in my daily life because most people don't know what I'm referencing when I'm like, shampoo is better. No, conditional is better. I make the hair silky and smooth. No, I'm better. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because he's like, he was probably 26 at the time, yeah. maybe 27. And there's plenty of guys that act like that that are 20. I was like that. I was a total turd. Yeah. Like just it all day and you know pile i love how sandler has he's owned it still like he he's my man dude i get him i don't i i i will watch anything i'll give it a shot i I, that he comes out with i just think he's a a good dude has a good heart and he's kept that crew of guys around you know that he's brought with him on his ride so i think that's pretty sick yeah yeah you're right i like that how he has some of his buddies yeah Mm -hmm. that same kind of crew the um the the his sort of best friend the limo driver and wedding singer he's yes. also like the dirtbag caddy and <laughs> he is and he's he's amazing in grandma's boy grandma's That's boy right, is a yeah. hilarious film yeah yeah awesome man have you ever done any comedy or improv anything like that yeah i i grew <laughs> yeah dabbled in it a little high school theater yeah yeah i was a I was a co-star in a couple high school productions. Thank you for asking. <laughs> I'd like to think I did pretty good. Yeah, I'm a song and dance man mostly, but we did we did improv stuff, and then uh, I've done stand up probably like 16 times. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, a lot of open mics, and then I've had a couple like actual with real audiences. Yeah. One one I did right pre that that thing we're not going to say that word we're not going to say. Oh, okay. And I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it was fun, man. I love it. But sorry, that's my wiener dog keeps barking. Noah, <laughs> stop it. Stop. But um, I wanted to be a stand-up comic. That's mm. all the podcasts I listened to were all stand-up comics when okay. I was a janitor. And initially, I'm, mm. like, I'm going to do stand-up comedy. And I went out at night like maybe six times. And I'm like, I got a wife and kids. I can't be yeah. out till one in the morning so I can get five minutes of stage time. And like, it's all other people trying to do comedy and, and just look at you. Like, so I was like, yeah, how's, how can you reach the most people the quickest? Ooh. It's either YouTube or Instagram. So that's smart. Yeah, but, the, but in terms of stand up comedy, I've done a, I've done a set before and nice. the feeling on stage is like, Undescribable though. I mean, it was incredible. I found when I did it, my set was supposed to be four minutes at Yuck Yucks and it went to eight minutes because it's like time just kind of slowed. There's, you don't really take into effect the um, the pauses in between laughs. And I found that was the biggest thing because when you deliver a good joke, you don't want to- you, you killed bro. Yeah, you killed. Man. You don't want it to move on to the next one. Yeah. And then you start to uh, add little bits to it, things that weren't in the joke before, but you just kind of feel in the moment. It was absolutely exhilarating. And I can't wait to do it again. 
but like I was in a course. So we actually spent, you know, a few weeks writing our material, testing mm -hmm. our material out. I did one of those too for the first yeah. time. Yeah. Ours was at through the improv, the improv uh, comedy clubs. And that was fun. Yeah. My set now though, if I look at it, it's, when I was 25 and like the things I'm talking about, my parents saw it and were just like, yeah, I, can't believe I showed it to my parents. They were so just like, you don't, we don't want you as our kid anymore. No, they like, yeah, they were bummed. I said some horrific stuff oh, and it okay. hasn't, it hasn't da been dated very well. The oh, stuff okay. I said in 2005, if anyone has that, it's a different time. Different like time we period. said, this is a pre-scandal. Uh... I was emotionally immature. Please don't cancel me. I want you to know after this footage is discovered, I have uh, the views of Jonathan Wayne Freeman do not influence those of the Permastoke podcast and or Derek Hyatt. This is true. Yeah, I agree. Man, that is that is awesome, dude. So so stand up comedy, so improv. Um, yeah, like and you're so niche with the surf humor. I mean, is there are there any other surf comedians? Yeah, there's um, the the guy that was originally that I start, saw doing stuff was Sterling Spencer, who's a professional surfer from the Gulf Coast, and he's super funny. His sister's a really good actress, like in in big films, and he also rips. Um, so he's the first guy, but he would do like really good production value. A lot of the stuff he would do. And um, he's real nice. I've got to talk to him on Instagram. He's super cool. And then there was another guy named Tyler Allen who did a very good impression of the former president whose okay. name I can't say. Yeah. And so he would do that, but talking about surfing, but in like a pitch perfect thing. And he does voiceovers in LA and he'll do comedic commercials and stuff. He's great. Right on. So yeah. do you think that uh, film could be in your future? I would love it to be. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. Amazing. I think that that's one of the things I want to do for sure. I have a bunch of ideas for, for shows and things like that. And I love, I, I shouldn't say my show ideas. You never know. Yeah. Somebody might hear them, but I love a lot of eighties style comedy. Yeah. And TV nice. shows and stuff like that. So that would be amazing. I would love that. Okay, but let's say they make like Blue Crush Three. Like, I at least want to see you get the part as you know, like an announcer or something like that. <laughs> Dude, that is perfect. Listen, yeah. that's a great idea. I would love to be one of the announcers, just just like in North Shore when they only show them at the contest for like ten minutes of the movie, and they just have these little, little yeah. things. Yeah, Blue Crush Three, straight to VOD. Starring John Wayne Freeman. <laughs> just start we out never as, heard from him again after that <laughs> start out as a b actor and work yeah. your way to the a <laughs> that's that's an f that's like a d d minus yeah yeah blue crush three is definitely in your future i think you know in the down there in california somewhere they have like a point break live it's an improv show yeah, I want to go. I heard it's so fun. Okay. So you audience participates. Yeah. Okay. So audience mm -hmm. participates. So the Evil Dead musical, like they sort of throw fake blood at you in the audience. Yeah. 
what do you think they do at point break like are they i've i've heard there's water involved oh, okay. people come dressed up as different characters and they'll pick everybody they'll pick a bunch of people from the audience to be characters from the movie and they oh, okay. reenact the entire movie from beginning to end and it's just like a big party and apparently it's awesome yeah, yeah i think that's genius man i would love to see that I couldn't watch the second one, dude. I, I got like 30 seconds in and I'm like, turned it off. Nope. Yeah, no, hard to do. Really hard to to live through. Well, there's so, a vision that didn't quite go the way they expected, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, expensive movie, too. And hey, man, like... A prize for trying. Patrick Swayze, unfortunately, no longer with us. But I would have loved to have seen an actual... You know, with all the remakes these days... And some of them are terrible. I don't care. I would have loved to have seen Patrick Swayze survive that wave at the end of the movie. And he's kind of like Rambo. Like he's been hanging out somewhere tropical, surfing off the radar. You know, it's 30 years later. And I don't know. I don't know exactly what the plot would be, but. I think it's fantastic. And I know we don't share a lot of similar physical features, me and the late great Mr. Swayze, but I'd be happy to jump in there and play Bodie. There I am. Uh, I think there, there could be a parody version there. Surfing is a source. <laughs> to say all these little things. Yeah. Yes. I was hoping at least someone would make like a comic book version of it or something. Like I'm dying to know. That's what perfect. Yes. Yeah. That would be, that'd be rad. I Thank think you. that's pretty plausible. I want to, I'm so curious about, what's going to be next as far as surfing films because Hollywood misses so much, mm. you know, there's like what big Wednesday. There's some Australian films that I think get close that are re really to capturing surfing, but there's so many that we've had in the U S that are just, they're terrible except for surf ninjas. If you've never seen surf ninjas, that's, that's, they nailed it. Hey, wait a minute. Does that have Hulk Hogan in it? That does not, but <laughs> I know. <laughs> Terry, what's his name? Terry Balboa. Yeah, Terry Balboa like is not in the finest films in the American <laughs> lexicon of cinema. Wow, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. And so, what are you missing out on, man? Like right now, I mean, I'm in Ontario. We're in total. We're in lockdown mode right now. Like I haven't yeah. my beard. I haven't been able to get it trimmed. Nothing like. Um, and I was just talking to a friend from Michigan and he told me he's going to Costa Rica next week. So I'm like, wow, it seems like business as usual. I don't know. But one of the things I miss immensely, man, is going to the movies. Dude. Well, you're going to make me cry. Okay. Every, that is what I would do when I had an extra, like whenever sometimes in your life during the week, you get a, a, a three hour window. And I'd be Ooh. like, I'm going to the movies yeah. by myself. Do not care. Because they're usually was something I wanted to see. And I love the experience of the big screen. And it was yeah, like my too. escape. I'm right there with you. I'm so bummed. I was a Tuesday nighter. Tuesday night, cheap night of the movies. Go by myself. Almost in the summertime, I'd be at the movies probably almost every Tuesday. Because I love they give those. you a discount on popcorn, too, on Tuesday? I'm sure you could get like a rewards card or something. Yeah, there would be cheaper stuff. Yeah. I love movies, man. I love 
I love, love, love them. I don't, that's one thing I don't really share with my wife. I think she's mm. like, why do you? Because that brings me enjoyment, honey. Yeah. I don't know I, what to say. I rate, a, I rate movies every time I watch it. So I'll put it on IMDb. And it's kind of disgusting when I look at how many ratings I have on there. It's like, wow, what have you actually done with your life? And I talk to a lot of people on here, like surfers. And I'm like, so man, like, what are you watching? What do you, what are you watching on Netflix right now? And they're like, uh, I'm not really watching anything. I'm reading this book or that book. And you're like, oh man, you're just making me feel like just a freaking addicted yeah. to the team. I'm reading about the Stoics right now. I don't really <laughs> have time for Netflix. Yeah. I'm kind of, you know, detached from that world. That's yeah. a piece. That's a, that's a persona you should do. <laughs> the surfer who doesn't watch TV. That's right. Doesn't watch TV. So one of the things that um, I participated in with you, man, was you had like a surfing Jeopardy one night. Mm -hmm. have you done yeah, that several times or was that just once that was for surfer magazine because so many people were stuck in their homes and oh, okay. yeah how many did we do we had two seasons so i think mm -hmm. we did however many shows and the same guy won both seasons oh, there wow. was a kid that was just like smoked everybody it wasn't even close he knew everything Amazing. and he won two surfboards on two separate occasions like wow. guy yeah. so don't want to say the word, but you know, that current pandemic that's happening. Mm. I mean, at the same time, you gotta, I mean, I say this kind of owe it a little bit, like kind of, it's kind of presented itself and created some opportunities as well. Like, cause like you're saying, right. People are at home. They're looking up, they're watching the internet probably more. Yeah, than before. Clearly the bar for entertainment got much, much lower. <laughs> yeah. That's why you're having me on your podcast. <laughs> And thank yeah. God it did. Because, you know, when you see an opportunity to be in life, you just got to grab it and hold on to it and not let yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. That's my advice. Regular you filming. see the opportunity, you go. Just go. Yeah. go. Regular filming took a back seat. So suddenly you had the camera was all yours, man. Yeah, people have way more downtime. And uh, I think it was probably like people say they hated 2020. Mm. And I'm like, I had a pretty good year. And it was a bad year for a lot of people. I, I had a, I learned a lot about myself. I was also out, though, working the entire time. So maybe that's why I say that. I wasn't cooped up. You know, I was able to keep my job, fortunately. And then I got to actually see the thing that everybody was afraid of. Yeah. And at first, I was afraid. Then as I spent more time, I was like, meh. This is manageable. Once okay. the once the hospitals get where they need to be, I think we're gonna be okay. So then I wasn't okay. as worried. But if you're just sitting at home all day watching the news, you're gonna be scared shitless. Like, Whoa. yeah, yeah. And you you did one video where you were talking about sort of the dirty looks that you get for not wearing a mask in the street. Yeah, that was that one did not go over the way I thought it would, which I'm. Again, that was stupid. I was on a walk and just very impulsively did it. And then it didn't really come out. I don't think it was that funny. It's not some hill okay. I would want to die on. Yeah. But my point was I was out in the middle of nowhere walking my dog. And multiple times this had happened where someone's walking towards me from a great distance and they're wearing a mask. And I'll usually keep a mask in my pocket. Like whatever is 
you're comfortable with. If we're going to, I got it. I'm good to go. We're going to keep our distance. I'll put it on. But people will go, <coughs> you would get these looks under the mask and, and a head shake. And I just was like, this is funny human behavior. Um, we're a hundred feet, 30 feet away from each other. So I said that, and then it just got very heated, very quick. People were like, wear one every time you're outside. No questions asked wow. across the board. And so then I was like, Should, do I have to wear one while I'm surfing? And then there would be no reply. So it just, I just thought it was something funny. It was just an observation. And I literally covered my bases, writing out everything in the description, but people don't read the description. Yeah. They watch and they react. Yeah. And they might Which not I even should... watch all the way through either. No. And then other, it's like other times, some people, their head is so wired. We Can we say politics? That wasn't a word of the day, was it? No, man. Politics. You can say that, yeah. Okay. So people are so wired into thinking about politics and that lens only. They view everything you do as like something on the right or the left. And I'm like, oh, I just, really? this is a random thought I had in my head. It has nothing to do with censorship or freedom of speech. Like I'm just trying to get you to giggle. Yeah. As an outsider, man, it's really hard to look at your political system and, the, you know, the yeah. two parties, I mean, like pick a side. Well, what if you don't like either? Like it's pretty harebrained what's going on down there sometimes. I think that the one lasting legacy of the person's name we won't say <laughs> is that it opened a lot of conversations and opportunities to talk about some stuff that doesn't really work that well. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, like with anything, though, there has to be people that actually care enough to do something. And most of us will just go eat our Cheetos yeah. and go back to watching Netflix. Well, I can see why you took heat for that video, but I... What I pulled from that video, though, is that I found it seems like with everything happening, it's some people feel like it's given them permission to shame others. And I don't think that's very cool. So all of a sudden, everyone's in everybody's freaking grill. Like, But everyone's also an expert. Oh, okay. I'm like, what? Yo, you're an expert because you have Google. It's like it's like the poor doctor that like spent all his life and he's got the people that looked at WebMD before they came in Ooh. and they're telling him, but everybody's a, an expert across multiple disciplines now. Yeah. And everyone wants to share the view. Oh no, that's incorrect. Blah, blah. And they spit numbers at you and you're like, you're regurgitating talking points. Like you're mm. not even, can you, can you use your brain? Can you use reason? Can you stop? Can you be rational for five seconds? Can we just share discussion and not get crazy? That's how I feel. Yeah. We need to sit and listen to each other and, and not be so reactive. People are complicated. We all have different upbringings. We all come from different places. You know, Absolutely. it's not all black and white. Yeah, I agree. And man, when I listen to the news, it sounds like you guys have body bags like stacking up in the streets. It's like, oh, I have, we don't have anywhere to put them. I can see seven like... out my window right now. <laughs> and there's a car burnt on fire. It looks like Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Because <laughs> yeah. I have a hard time saying that sometimes. Like, actually, 2020 was a great year for me, too. I mean, there were some really terrible things. My dad died last year. That sucked. Oh, you hear that. But at the same time. I launched this podcast. I moved across the country. I made a bunch of awesome connections. You know, just so there were, was a great number of things too, but I sometimes feel really bad saying that 
when I'm hearing these things like, oh, there's stacks of bodies out on the street in the US. They don't even have room for them in the hospital. But I mean, I'm talking to you, your former paramedic, mm -hmm. done with that career, but former paramedic, you could say like, you didn't see body bags in the street, I guess. No, I saw, I've seen in the beginning, I saw people getting, it was eerie in the beginning. Yeah, like the okay. first two weeks of the lockdown, I was like, this might be it. Yeah. Like we're all, we're all going out. And I kind of freaked out yeah. for a minute. Like the first time I had to put on like the beekeeper outfit and go into the COVID room with a COVID patient. He's like, ah! ah! <laughs> <laughs> a word of the day. That was twice, man. I love right. it. So I had, um, yeah, I was freaking out in the beginning, but then I'm like, everybody I saw that was getting innovated using my trained eyeballs and just general experience of 10 years as a paramedic were very unhealthy people or very old people, unfortunately, that were toward of, sort of at the end of the, their end of their lifespan. And had they got a pneumonia, had they got a bad flu, had they got uh, MRSA, any sort of bacterial infection, it would probably kill them, mm. which sucked. But what was scary was the hospitals were not on the same page. Nobody had a plan. You think your government has like, da, 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 like it's a well-oiled machine. That's yeah. how I grew up. Yeah. We're a superpower. We get shit done. And then you'd go across town from one hospital to another hospital and they would have completely different protocols. Uh, and you're like, that was scary because yeah. you feel like a kid again. You're like, does anybody know what's going on? And nobody knew what was going on because we needed time. Yeah. So it was, it's been interesting to watch them over time, change all the protocol and what that lockdown really did. I'm sure it did save people's lives, but it gave the hospitals time to get organized and prepared to be able to take care of the influx of people. And then now, yeah, I've been in last couple months. It's when we normally have flu season. Oh. So people are getting crazy sick. And in the beginning of COVID, nobody wanted to be near a hospital because nobody mm. knew what this thing was. Nobody yeah. wanted to call 911 because they didn't want a bunch of dirty paramedics, firemen coming in their house and maybe giving them something. Yeah. And no one was on the road, so there was no car accidents. Well, that's all gone now. So oh, now okay. the hospitals are more crowded. But no, not body bags in the streets, nothing, nothing to that effect. But again... And I was working in a big city, but it's not like as tight on each other as like a New York City. They were hit super yeah. hard because they're living on top of each other. It, it's interesting what you said. It's scary when you work inside something and you see those details. I know for me, working in nonprofit, I've, you know, worked in and been involved with several or a few faith-based organizations. And sometimes when you like, say, meet a minister or something and he's cracking jokes about like, you know your female colleague you're like whoa that's a little off color oh, you like, met my dad <laughs> he's pastor daryl he's up in canada okay he doesn't mean any harm he's okay good, good to know yeah he's a wow. good man it's just yeah. he's from a different time different sense of well, humor i'm glad i knew him pre-scandal as well yeah we just we just go come on dad don't that's don't say that we don't say that anymore that's what we say to him so how is the surfing man these days is it 
kind of business as usual or are the waves more plentiful for you with this going on or? This is one thing that I, this goes against everything people will tell you about having a, a successful relationship and a family. They'll say, put the other person first, which is probably true. But I've found that putting myself first works really well. Works better. So okay. my surfing has, I, I surf way too much, probably too much. But last month, the waves were firing. We had one of the best winners we've had in at least 10 years. It was Whoa. so good for like weeks on end. Every day you wake up and it was overhead. It was so fun. Wow. And your location, are you in San Diego? Yeah, I'm in the furthest. I'm in North County, San Diego. So the furthest north you can go okay. is actually Trestles, right? But there's Camp Pendleton, this big military base. And then I live in Oceanside right below the base. Okay, okay. Um, so Trestles, that's not very far from... <laughs> It's slipping my mind right now. The name of that major industry surf town. What's that one San called? Clemente. San Clemente, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay, so you're so you're in that area then. So this is really like the epicenter of surfing in the U.S., right? Right. And I yeah. see surfers, pro surfers, like all the time. We see the biggest pro surfers in the world because a lot of their, their shapers are around here. The industries here. I live across from like probably the second biggest surfboard shaping area in the United States. Oh, wow. the first one's probably in San Clemente. The second biggest one is here in Oceanside. Is there like a uh, a rivalry between San Clemente and Huntington Beach over that whole like Surf City USA title? That was or? that was Santa Cruz and Huntington Beach. Oh, yeah, so okay. Santa Cruz is in Northern California, which Santa Cruz is amazing yeah. has amazing waves talented people that that live and surf there and huntington's like walled beach break but mm. that's where they used to hold all the surf contests back in kind of the golden era of surfing and it's all skyscrapers on the beach hotels and stuff so yeah they have the rivalry of who can claim surf city usa oh okay i've been to both spots and i have to say i was really jacked to go to Huntington Beach, but I don't know if disappointed is the right word, but maybe you were most certainly disappointed. Yeah. It, Not by the people. There's some great people, but the surf, it has its days like anywhere, but it's beach break, you know? And it was more so just the intensity, like couldn't find a place to park. Like it was just kind of nuts. But I mean I don't really you have, have the freeway the freeway jumps to. off right there. So okay. But so you like Santa Cruz? Santa Cruz, I was blown away by. Like, the, it feel like the, Canada a little bit? Um, it felt more chill. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was so long ago. I was like 17 years old when I was in Santa Cruz. Huntington Beach was a few years ago, just pre right. that past president that we just talked about. That's right. And then I went on a four-year travel ban when he banned Muslims <laughs> from traveling. I decided to ban myself. You just, you, you proclaimed it. You said, yeah, man, I, I was just like, you know, I just don't want to support that chaos. Silent protests. Years. Yeah. Protests. There you um, go. So the day you guys elected Joe Biden, I celebrated. I was like, man, there goes my, my travel ban has been lifted, but. Well, come except, on back down. Yeah. Dude, but we're dealing with the pandemic. So once the pandemic's over, I, I hope to. Oh, uh, the, the, wait, I forgot one. Fun. 
Dude, this never happens when I'm interviewing other Canadians. Like, the government is listening, NSA, CIA, somebody is on that end, man. Like the Because of my name, it's because of the John Wayne Jeez. handle, bro. I'm, I didn't do, it's, my parents gave it to me, okay? It has wow. nothing to do with me other than... It's the name. I they are know. listening to you, man. As soon as I throw a little, you know, um, orange guy shade, we get shut down. I, I supported Joe Biden. Shut down. Let our so. friends to the north speak their minds. <laughs> Let them speak their truth. Wow. I, I've learned my lesson. Do not dip into American politics. God, you just want to ask a few questions out of curiosity and I'm being censored. This is the first time Permastoke has been censored. Like, it's unreal. I'm going to do something right now, and I right. don't want you to judge me, my Canadian brother, okay? No, man. Go for it. Hey, son, can you grab me a beer out of the yellow ice chest in the garage? Thanks, brother. Right on. We'll train him up right. Trying to teach him. You know, <laughs> nice and young. Perfect. So habits. what is your American beer of choice? My American beer of choice is 805 which is created by Firestone Walker. They are awesome, dude. They have amazing beers. They're on the oh. central coast of California, if you've ever been there. Sorry. Okay, right there. on. No. But this is know. like a day drinker, low volume alcohol. We have okay. a lot of IPAs where I live. Um, those are just heavy. I can't believe I drink. I, I got to quit drinking. I love beers way too much, man. I heard Canadians love the party. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, look, they brought it together. Thanks, boys. Hey, guys. Thanks, Grums. How you doing? <laughs> I forgot to say can because I'm not well, going to open that. All right. Well, yeah, right. I guess they didn't get the memo on the uh, bottle opener. Guys, ever heard of a bottle opener? <laughs> Good joy. Uh, hello. <laughs> Uh, hello. <laughs> Ask Finkter says what? You guys know what a bottle? Do you know what a bottle opener is? Can you grab one? Where is it? It's in the kitchen. Sorry. Stop That's how bad my dish is. How rude of <laughs> And this is 805 Cerveza, now brewed with lime. Nice. Traditional, new 805. Wow, 805 slipped me some pesos. We just yeah, yeah. Product hard. placement. Yeah. So, dude, be, before we kind of go here, we, we've reached our hour. I'm wondering, man, I you just quit your job today, which is awesome. And for all the, the followers. Not the, scared at all. Not nervous at all. <laughs> feeling scared. Where should we be? What should we be looking for, man? Where are we going to see you? Or at least what are you able okay. to tell us? Thanks, guys. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Well, I am, uh, I'm working for a few companies. I work for a sunglass company called Pit Viper, which I love doing. Um, I do stuff with Kook of the Day, which we've talked about doing. Just go ahead and using the footage from uh, UltraCore Surf Hour. Okay. But we need to get permission first from Surfer mm -hmm. Magazine because we filmed two episodes. So we would like to, to continue that, but do it on Kook of the Day. So have a YouTube show. And then um, I work for Bug Assault which is the incredible toy that uses salt to shoot flies like a fly swatter, but it's a fun, looks like a super soaker and Americans wow, really? love stuff like bug assault. And I work for them and they're an awesome company. So I'm doing stuff with them and then continuing to do my Instagram things. 
And I have said I'm starting a podcast for reels this time. Wow, nice. Yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. Thanks, son. <laughs> yeah. 20 bucks. What did you get paid for? I oh, guess that was for that product placement. That was yeah, from 805. <laughs> They're not really my kids. <laughs> slash. Right on, man. So podcast. Okay, so it sounds like you're going outside the surf realm a little bit, which is pretty cool. Diversify. Okay. I still don't believe you, but thanks. (laughs) Yeah, I totally am going to do that. And but I keep getting hung up. You could help me. Maybe I I have these ideas of what I want for the show. Mm -hmm. But the more and more I keep thinking about these ideas, I'm like, you're just stalling. You just need Mm -hmm. to start, dummy. And then yeah. you can include things and let it evolve and become what it becomes. Is that, do you think that's right? That's what I'm learning. Like even just the peewee thing today, right? It's like yeah. finding out what works, throwing some new things in. I mean, you're looking at my backdrop, like I'm just in my bedroom. It is by not, not a big high tech operation, but you know what, when people are listening on iTunes, they don't know what's in your background. Like they, they just, it's just like your Instagram. They just want to hear from you. Um, I don't think all the bells and whistles matter so much as long as you're being authentic. Right. So my boy, Gary V told me on Instagram, just get started. Yeah, that's right. And I read the chapter of his book um, as well. Yeah. Man, that guy is legendary. I can't watch too much of him though. He just, he gets me excited but then he causes me so much anxiety. I'm like, what am I doing right now? Like I shouldn't be in bed. I should be freaking working. Like he talks about like, you should be on your computer till three in the morning doing stuff. I'm like, Whoa, this, this guy's not a surfer though. Like he doesn't have that uh, balance. Like we have, he's all, See, I think that's something that sometimes those guys, I'm, he's a very smart man. So I'm sure yeah. he knows this about himself, but he's wired that way. Yeah. He's a high energy put out stuff quickly, make decisions. Like not everybody's wired like that, but he no. would probably just say that's an excuse. But that's my I think opinion. so. Yeah. No, I burn out for sure. Got to find yeah. some. So the podcast, do you at least, do you have an angle of any kind that you're thinking or what kind of guests? I, I do. And I, I have a friend who I will call and we'll have these long conversations and I'll kind of, I respect his opinion. So I'll bump stuff off him and then I'll have him text the things ideas back to me so i have like these things but they're mostly becoming like segments they're like things probably like reoccurring bits you know stuff like that and yeah i just have so much love for so many podcasts but again it's like anything you don't know until you do it and you get better as time goes on it's a marathon it's not a sprint well, watching you on Instagram, I, I mean, I used to make lots of videos when I was younger. I was really into that with the camcorder and stuff. But I mean, I thought about the video thing and the YouTube thing, but I felt pretty threatened by it. I was like, oh, I don't know about how I can really be on all the time and be that funny. Like, that's a lot of material you're coming up with. With the podcast, I'm thinking, just get to be in the moment and see what happens. It's, it's a little less pressure. Um, I, I think though, what do you think about, what do you think about doing it by yourself? It's hard to pull off, isn't it? 
like being the host by myself like i am i mean like like just be not having guests or not having someone else in oh, the room oof you've got to yeah. have a lot to say yeah you got a lot to have a lot to say and and be pretty quick and yeah i don't think i have that many opinions about things yet mm -hmm. um in fact i've enjoyed the shows where i have two guests on at the same time the most i find having a third person brings even a little more to the table because when you're when you're the host too you're you're in your head like i've been on your end and i actually love it it's so relaxing you just respond but being the host you got to be on you got to be thinking about your next question um right. and then a lot of times you're segueing off what you talk about so i've been a know. terrible guest sound because i should completely shut my brain off i'm just like yes ask me questions about no, man, yourself. It's good. i haven't asked you anything about yourself and then i'm <laughs> like you should come on. I feel then after this is over, I'll be like, is I a dick? Is it, what did I do? But I don't know. No, man. I try to make the show about the guest anyway. That's cool. But you can ask me anything, man. <laughs> so, but when you do get the show going, I'd love to be a part of it somehow. If I could ever be on the, the Canadian perspective. You know what I just found out? I found out what Tim Hortons is. And I have another question. You didn't know about Tim Hortons? I didn't know. Somebody wow. explained they have some to me. In Detroit, I think. They said they're like on every corner, like they're everywhere. Yeah, they're like a creamier coffee version of Starbucks. Like they're everywhere, but they're a coffee light, not super. But donuts too, right? Oh, yeah, donuts. Yeah. How are the donuts? Oh, dude, they're amazing. And what we do, we have a thing called Timbits, which are essentially just the donut holes. And they market those they got their whole own thing going on and is the story true about tim horton's death uh i don't know what that is he was a hockey player what's the lore i heard, I heard he died death? in like a for uh, like a ferrari or a lamborghini oh. in a car wreck um i'd like to say something more creative than i think that. you're like, disappointing your canadian brothers and sisters like, by not knowing <laughs> tim horton's cause of death is what i think but i need a brush again, up i am no expert yeah, I'll brush up on my Tim Hortons history. <laughs> However, same thing with you then. Who is one of the most well-known owners and founders of Starbucks? Uh, Greg Johansson? No. Kenny G? Not true. Yeah, I don't true. Believe it. All the way true. Greg it's Johansson, isn't he the guy from the old, like, uh, uh, health <laughs> minute kind of thing? Like, these workout videos, like body break I, that might have been Wait, i don't believe thing. that about kenny g are you saying he's an investor uh or he's an owner i thought he's owner i saw him on a special one time talking about starbucks it, it seemed like he was part of the first store in seattle but hey may i tell you a quick kenny g story sure i'd love to my friends who i shall not name his name is todd <laughs> he doesn't care. He had this cool job, and he found himself at a Thanksgiving party once in Malibu, and every major celebrity was there. Tom Cruise was there at the time, uh, was with Katie Holmes, and their kids were running around. Jamie Foxx is there. Ben Stiller is there. Like huge stars, and it was the head of, I think, Sony Studios. It was his Thanksgiving thing, and he would have them over. They bring their families. And he's hanging out and he said, you know, some people were friendly, some pe people weren't. He goes, but far and away, the coolest dude ever was Kenny G. Really? And he like hung out with him, was like super normal. Like he goes, by far the nicest guy. So way to uh, go, Kenny. Yeah. That was my whole point. And great hair. Congrats. Jealous of that hair. 
So you were talking about Strange Brew. Man, that's been a while since I've seen that, Bob and Doug McKenzie. But on a more recent, um, you know, playing field would be, are you familiar with the Trailer Park Boys and Letterkenny? Letterkenny, I am so late to the party about a month ago. Okay. Uh, somebody sent me, DM'd me a scene of the two wrestlers like wearing tank tops looking like surfers and they're they're talking to the, the farm guys and the farm guys are just like coming back and i'm like within 30 seconds i'm like oh no i'm gonna watch every single one of these this is awesome they're it's so funny fast humor and you'll definitely learn the canadian dictionary by watching that show for sure it makes but i wasn't sure so happy I wasn't sure Letterkenny was even a thing in the U.S. until I was talking to some guys from Michigan last week. And, you know, I learned. So what network, like, where would you even see a show like that? Just YouTube. 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 And then this last season, I think they're actually on, they're on something you can get on your your TV. Because in Canada, they're they're on something called Crave TV, which is the Canadian version of HBO. So... Oh, wow. So I wouldn't think that you guys would have that. But like, so for Trailer Park Boys, for example, I know their success, their American success came um, like years after they were already big here when they got released on Netflix. Wow. And that's when they really took off over there. And that's when they started getting international attention and had guests like Snoop Dogg, Tom Arnold, and the singer from <laughs> yeah, I forget the bit. I want to say like Skid Row or something like that. Oh, that's that's a heavy hitter right there. Yeah, yeah. Sebast- Sebastian Bach. Yeah, Sebastian yeah. Bach. That's right. You know who loves himself some Sebastian Bach? Sebastian Bach. Yeah. Man, he is that's, he is a big fan of himself. That's kind of what they play into on that show. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I I want to apologize if just formally to all of Canada. When I was a young man. The only thing I had in my head about Canadians was Strange Brew. And so I really overused A. I would go okay. A. Like I thought people said A at the end of every sentence. Okay. So I do it over and over. And it wasn't until I got older that some Canadians pulled me aside and were like, we, we understand what you're trying to do, but let's just it's not stop. Working for you, yeah. it's not have, you, uh, have you pulled out any of the A's in me? Have you noticed that or? Have, that's what made me think of it okay. was because I actually have not heard any. I didn't hear oh, one. Okay. Hmm. And it was All kind right. of worrying me. Maybe you're actually from Michigan. I grew up, I'm very close. I grew up in a town called Leamington, which is like 40 minutes or 50 minutes from the uh, Detroit border. Oh, so wow. my media growing up was mostly like the news would be from Toledo um, and Detroit. You a big Kid Rock here. fan? You love that. You love the Rock. I love Kid Rock. Still rocking that bar with the bar, man. I think I was listening to it three days ago. <laughs> yeah, I can what, tell you're a big Kid Rock fan. I the, celebrate his entire catalog myself, dude, man. And honestly, what is the Bull God? Do you know what that even is? Like, I'm listening to these tunes. I'm like, this makes no sense. Bar with the bar. How is this so successful? It was it's a amazing. fascinating character. Yes. Yeah, 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 yes. Uh, Kid Rock for sure. Have you been to, what's the big, Tofino? Tofino, man, yeah. So I used to live in BC, so Tofino was the spot I frequented for about 12 years. Just freaking awesome, man. And um, So basically, 
rolling in a Tofino, like to me, it's the epitome of Canadian surfing because you're driving through forest, huge old growth trees, um, and then the ocean on one side. And so the vibe there is just, I don't know, man, it's sick. Like bonfires. And, a, uh, it looks so rad. I want to go there. It someday. is. It's a very like campy outdoorsy sort of feeling. It's not California. Um, right. It's very unique, very cool. But uh, for me as a Canadian surfer, like I'm fascinated by SoCal culture, right? Like when I was in high school, I got into the band Sublime and that was sort of like really like a game changer for me and always at the beach and stuff. But then we also have this background of like, you drive five minutes this way and you're out in the boonies, you're in the country and it's like rural culture and farming. And so there's a lot of different, different elements that sort of, I think, make up our Canadian culture of surfing. I'll say this sublime nailed it. That is Southern California. Yeah. That culture, that mix of reggae and the things they were singing about. When I was in high school, it was just like, I would look out my window and I'd be like, yep, this is what they're writing about. This, here it is. It works, they, eh? Yeah. They're great. Yeah. I saw um, Sublime with Rome a couple of years ago. That was like a dream come true, even though it wasn't Bradley Noel. It was still awesome. Um, but I also saw the Long Beach Dub All-Stars came to Vancouver. Yeah. Awesome. Man, they were awesome. That was wicked. And that guy, Opie, the lead singer, he's like a regular tattoo artist down there. You can go get some ink from. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. All right, man. Well, hey, you're welcome in Canada anytime, dude. Canada welcomes you. I think you'd fit in great up here, dude, for sure. I would love to come, and I'm just kind of starting to get into ice hockey. Okay. So I need. I don't really understand anything about it, so maybe you guys could teach me. I'm just fascinated by that game. I watch YouTube videos all day of like classic fights, Canadian brawler, like blah, 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 all the, the enforcer. Yeah. I'm into rock, it, dude. Rock em, sock em. So yes. you should do a video series of uh, learning hockey. That could work. There we go. Yeah. I don't need any more head injuries. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Didn't true, need to get true. concussed anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> So, dude, before I let you go, man, do you got anything you want to say to the audience um, before you go? You know, our, I would like to say to our neighbors to the north, I think highly of you. I can't wait to visit your country. I come in peace. I mean no harm. <laughs> I know the real real story about Tim Horton. I'm like our Canadian coast here. Yeah, coast here. I, I know the truth. Um, I'm ready to visit you guys. And I can't wait. And I want to surf those beautiful waves and hang out and have some. Oh, you know what beer I like? Hmm. It's Canadian. And I can't find it anywhere. It's got the blue leaf on it. Uh, Molson Canadian or Labatt, Labatt Blue, probably. Labatt Blue. I yeah. like a Labatt Blue. Is that is that wrong of me to say? No, that's a, that's a real like blue collar, you know, working man's beer for sure. I like that. I like yeah. that. I think it's a decent for the price. I think it's a decent. So yeah, and the alcohol percentage up here will probably get you drunk a lot quicker too. Wow, I didn't know that. It's a little more either. dangerous for you. Oh yeah, man, that's a higher content. That's one thing I have heard about Canadians is that they like to party. I've heard that from multiple people. That, yeah. yeah, and the, and the, the, they can drink you under the table too. Hey. 
Put it to the test, man. Come on up. Um, That's I'm practicing to get in shape. Yeah, absolutely. Get there. Yeah. We could literally trade places. You're an American wanting to play hockey. I'm a Canadian who doesn't play hockey that just wants to surf and live the SoCal lifestyle. It's the greatest Canadian band of all time. Tragically hip. I don't know who. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm this being is. Told, told. So this is a thing. This is one of the biggest things Americans are missing out on is this isn't our, like some jam band, like the grateful dead or something. Is it man? The tragically hip. They're like Canada's Pearl jam. They just really, they didn't hit it in the U S they were on an episode of Saturday night live in the nineties. They performed their song grace too. And there's just something about their sound that didn't resonate with um, the American audience. So Bands like Bare Naked Ladies, um, they made an effort to become big in the U.S. Tragically hip, they kind of stuck, they kind of stayed in their lane. They knew who their audience was. Mm. They weren't working in the U.S., but that does not mean that they failed or they were a small band. They're like the biggest band here. And they're, and they're really well known in the rock and roll world. Like when Gord Downey died of cancer a couple of years ago, like Eddie Vedder, um spoke about it at his concert that night so dude tragically hip man you gotta check that out i'll go check them out right that. after this i um, give it who would you have imagined i would have said i could be totally wrong but isn't uh was neil pert was he canadian yeah was that so i was rush. just gonna say yeah rush would be right up there for a lot of people rush would be your answer okay um other Canadian bands, Loverboy, probably not the biggest. Um, uh, the Guess Who, not The Who, but The Guess Who, who wrote mm -hmm. American Woman. Yeah. Um, yeah, Canadians, man, they are everywhere. They are living amongst you. In fact, you taught me something tonight. I didn't know. I didn't realize Norm Macdonald was Canadian. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah, and yeah. he speaks a lot, a lot about like his upbringing. He he grew up super rural and like it's hilarious, man. His character is essentially so good. Like his his act was always sounded like he was an old man. So as he gets older into old age, it just gets better and better because he's you're used to that. And one of my favorite comedians, who's probably seen as a little bit passe in the U.S., I think Dane Cook. No, I I'm gonna be honest with you, man. In like 2003, I saw Dane Cook for the first time on the Sunset Strip at the Laugh Factory. And every time I would, I probably saw him, I've seen him perform three times. I've never seen anything like that. The dude yeah. explodes a room. His like the way he could create energy in a room. I've never seen. He's it's ridiculous. And Some of his jokes, you his old, he had those CDs and I could listen to them over and over. I remember him referring to a woman's vagina as the, like the thing from Stargate that you walk through and the way he, he creates these pictures in your mind and his actions. He's so animated. Yeah. The guy right. is, and I'm really sad that we don't see him anymore. Like I, I hope he yeah, makes a he's, comeback. He's, I don't it's know. so funny. Cause I've gone down the Dane cook rabbit hole. Like I've, I follow him on Instagram and I've watched him and um, I still haven't quite figured him out, but I know he's, he's got all the talent in the world. That guy, I've never seen anything like that with Stan. I mean, people physically laughing so hard, like in the audience that they're like, 
ah, stop, like hurting themselves because yeah. they're just laughing. So, and he got he got a bad rap, man. They kind of like it wasn't cool. It became not cool to like him. Yeah, and I thought that was that was kind of sad. So similarly, I want to ask you a question because I had this discussion with some friends, uh, some surfers from Toronto, and we were talking about how much we like Jack Johnson. But I was saying, like, is Jack Johnson cool anymore? Like, absolutely, I think so. Okay. I think we he's so, so too. Yeah. He's a trip, man. And the way he came out too, I'll never forget that. In 2000, Surfing Magazine, or might have been Surfer, sent an issue out with his his CD, but it was only like six songs. Okay. And it was like came with your subscription. And that CD got taken from me and like everybody on college on the campus burned it because yeah. his voice was so good. And he's, yeah, that dude's... Those first two Ooh. albums he released in the early 2000s, yeah, to me that was that really like changed surf music, like the sound of surf music. Mm -hmm. I felt like it had been really sort of adrenaline um, racing music before that, and then it was. Like, it was. It was a lot of lot of punk, a lot of SoCal punk bands in the yeah. Taylor Steele movies, and then when he came along, they started using uh, a bunch of his songs in like the moonshine conspiracy, like yeah. Chris Malloy and all those guys would, would use his music because they were all buddies. I found that it worked for the Great Lakes vibe really well because it was a lot <laughs> more chill, a lot more cool. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I'll also tell you, since the Tragically Hip was such a, a big thing for you, another Canadian gem that probably even a lot of people listening to this won't know of is a comedian who is in the U.S., but is still not very well known. His name is John Doerr. Absolutely hilarious. He's been on I've some heard sitcoms. That I've heard the name. I can't. Yeah. The face escapes me. But His yeah. routine, I've seen him twice. That guy is off the hook. He's been on some sitcoms and things. I'm waiting for him to get his ticket. He deserves his place um, in Hollywood, but he just hasn't quite made it yet. So Nice. Right on, dude. John Wayne, man, just for the sake of doing it. Yeah. COVID-19. <laughs> ah! ah! <laughs> Donald Trump. Ah! <laughs> nice. I love it. Dude, it's Nick. been amazing, amazing talking to you, man. We'll be in touch again. But in the meantime, dude, watch out for those body bags on the street and stay stoked, bro. You stay stoked. Thank you so much for having me. That was a lot of fun, Derek. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, man. That was that was cool. No worries, man. Thanks for having me, dude. Yeah, that was yeah. fun. So, I, hope, I hope people enjoy it. Oh, yeah, man. People are going to like that. Now, I told you that would be a hilarious episode. That's all for season two, episode number five of Permastoke. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed listening or watching. Thank you for all the love. And mahalo to Jonathan Wayne Freeman for his wit, his lightheartedness in these troubling times, his ability to laugh at himself and make others piss themselves. I mean, this guy is incredibly inspiring. Follow Jonathan Wayne Freeman and his shenanigans on Instagram at Jonathan Wayne Freeman. That's Jonathan without an H. And be sure to watch the Ultra Core Surf Hour on YouTube. As for me, taking a little break, 
me and my wife just bought a house super exciting times but we're gonna have to do some tweaking to the business and the way we do things and our, and our vision for the future so hang in tight we'll be back in a few weeks stay stoked to give a big mahalo to Mark Malibu and the Wasegas for providing our intro music Hey Chihuahua off their 2019 album Crash Monster Beach and our outro music End of Summer off their 2017 album Return of the Wasegas. For more information visit www.wasegas.com. Mahalo to the Planet Smashers as well and Stomp Records for allowing us to play Surfing in Tofino off their 1999 album Life of the Party. You can visit them at www.stomprecords.com. And to the Scrapes, mahalo for providing Wait and See off your 2018 self-titled album, Scrapes. For more information on Scrapes, visit www.scrapesmusic.bandcamp.com. But of course, mahalo to all you great listeners out there. We are so thankful that you chose to join us for this episode. And we look forward to providing you with even more awesome content in the future. More episodes are certainly on their way, but in the meantime, make sure to go back and listen to our previous episodes. And don't miss an episode ever again by subscribing on the Alexa app, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, or wherever it is, man, that you get your podcast, we are there. So please let us know how we're doing. Leave us a rating and a review. And don't forget to share this with your friends and family over social media or by spreading the word in the lineup. You can learn more about Freshwater Surf Goods and check out our products and services at www.freshwatersurfgoods.com. You can even sign up for our newsletter so you can stay up to date on new products, new episodes of Permastoke, events, our surf sup and yoga schedules, and other exciting news. And hey, you can even find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter all at Freshwater Surf Goods. But if you're a part of the surf or sup industry or a surfaholic wanting to connect with your tribe and stay informed as to what's happening all across the Great Lakes and the Canadian surf scene, then join our Facebook group, the All Canadian Surf and Sup Club. And as well, if you've got an idea for a collaboration, you'd like to recommend a future guest, you'd like to invite me to an event or book me to teach surf, sup or yoga, or maybe you wanna carry our products in your store, or your company is interested in being a sponsor of this show, or for anything else, hit me up on social media or email me at Derek at freshwatersurfgoods.com. That's Derek, D-E-R-I-K at freshwatersurfgoods.com. I look forward to next time, Freshies, and getting to know you all better. In the meantime, I'm your host, Derek Hyatt. Mahalo, keep surfing, and stay stoked.